Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Welcome back, folks. Today is another solo episode where I wanted to answer a question that we're hearing pretty frequently right now. And recently, we've had a number of clients and others asking us this. I have cash sitting in the bank, basically earning nothing. (laughs) What can I do with it? And when and where should I invest it? Does that sound familiar? So I think the reason that this is recent is that there are now bank products, CDs, money markets, uh, potential high-yield savings accounts, paying much higher than most average savings accounts. And these higher interest-bearing investments, they did not exist for a very long time. So pretty recently, if you've seen an online ad or a billboard or whatever it might be showing a 5% return on a safe investment, you were probably thinking, wait a minute, why am I getting 0.25%? Or you might be thinking, that sounds great. I just don't want to deal with making that change. Totally get it. Or maybe you didn't notice at all. And I'm the first one to tell you this. Either way, if you have money sitting in cash that is not earmarked for something, you really should have a sense of urgency on getting the most out of that money. Okay. So let me jump into some quick history here and some education on why this is happening. Uh, Forbes advisor had an excellent article on this. Now we'll share with uh, some of that information here. So let's back up to the 1980s where the listeners, if you were around then, you know this, it was common to see 8 to 12% rates in savings accounts. Could you guys imagine that now? 8 to 12% on a guaranteed savings account? That that would be great. This, However, obviously, this wasn't actually sustainable for the banks because many of them had to pay that rate. Many of them failed and things had to change. So in the 90s, the rates went from 8 to 12% to an average of around 4 to 5%. How much can you take out of your current investments and never run out of money? When is the absolute best time to take Social Security? Are you 100% confident in your investment strategy? Are you paying too much in taxes? Why? If something were to happen to you today, what would they find? If you are doubting any of this and would like a second opinion or to review these items, along with many more, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit us at www.sixpointsfp.com or email us at info at sixpointfp.com. Back to the show. 2000s, if you remember, kicked off with a recession. There was the tech bubble, 9-11, obviously, and savings rates fell to between 1% and 2%. So relatively quickly, we went from 8 to 12% to 1% to 2%. And then following the financial crisis of 2008, savings account interest rates fell to historic lows, which were below 0.25% and even down to 0.1% at some point. But let's put this in perspective. If you had $100,000 in a savings account for the year, and I'll use the low end here in the 1980s, on average, after one year, you would have made about $8,000 of interest. In the 90s, you would have made about 4000 in the 2000s, you would have seen about 1000 And we all know this, in the 2010s, you would have received about $250 in interest. 
It's the same exact investment, but instead of the banks paying you eight thousand, you now got about two hundred and fifty dollars of interest. So, and then even more recently, from two thousand eighteen to two thousand twenty one. Nationals' average savings rates were between 0.01 and 0.1%, basically making your savings account a guaranteed loss. Because if the cost of everything is going up, right? If cost of inflation is 2% and you're getting 0.01%, you are actually losing money by it sitting in your bank account. So I'm going to quote the Forbes article here. And they said, quote, even with the 2010s relatively low inflation rates of 1% to 2%, Money held in savings was a depreciating asset. In 2021, inflation jumped to 4.7%, while savings account interest rates hovered between 0.06 and 0.07, end quote. So 4.7% inflation, 0.06% savings rates. You are losing 4%, more than 4%, on your money sitting in savings accounts. The cost of everything is going up by 4%. 0.7 and we're earning 0.06, it's actually could be considered a loss. I know it might not look like that, but it was. Okay. So why is this changing right now? In 2022, the Fed raised rates seven consecutive times to combat inflation. And the rate increased from 0.25% to 4.25%. And that was just between March and December. So from 0.25 to 4.25. But guess what? Banks were slow. And if they did this at all to raise savings account interest rates, and, and so so they were slow to do it if they did it at all, right? So in December of 2022, the national average savings rate was still around 0.3%, even after all of those rate hikes, okay? However, this is when we started to notice many smaller banks and online high-yield savings accounts, we saw this all over the place, were at around 4%. Okay. This is good for you, the listener, not only because you could use these banks or online accounts, but because as these smaller banks take market share from the larger banks, the larger banks are forced to increase what they are paying. Right. If everybody's moving to a smaller bank that's paying four and we're taking it out of the larger banks, they're going to be forced to make adjustments, which which they are. And and this is where the original question is coming from. You are seeing higher rates. You are earning lower rates, right? You are sitting on money, earning almost nothing. What do you do about it? Okay. I want to take this in two different directions and answer those questions kind of separately. So I'll start with the first one. Dave, I'm sitting on cash at the bank, earning very little interest. What do I do with it? And for some listeners are saying, hey, that must be nice. It's a great problem to have. And for others, I'm telling you folks, it's driving you crazy. Hey, I know I'm earning nothing. The bank is keeping it all. What should I do with it? So First, I would say, hey, should you pay down some debt? If you have high interest debt that it makes sense to get rid of, you probably should. It makes almost no sense. I can always, or I can't say always, right? Usually think of exceptions to have an account earning 0.2% where you have an unpaid debt at 9% or something that you can wipe out. But I would start with the debt. I would start here and I'd evaluate what you need to pay off. If there's nothing, like a lot of folks that we talk to, if there's no debt to pay off or debt that makes sense to pay off, I would move on to other things. And for the sake of this podcast, I I have folks buying real estate, investing in local businesses as like maybe small-time venture capitalists and other, let's call them alternative investments. But for the sake of this, again, let's just stick to some more of the uh, traditional and simple investments. The first option might be to move from a savings account that you're in to a simple CD. 
And as of the date of this recording, Bank of America is paying somewhere between 0.1 and 0.25%. Chase is paying the same. So those are two large banks. I'm not going to go through every bank, but we get the point. A CD with a simple search for CDs, I can find CDs that are paying over 5% for 12 months. Okay. So, and those are easy to get folks. The downside of this is typically the CD isn't considered considered fully liquid like a savings account. Okay. You're trading some liquidity for that interest rate. Typically, if you take out CDs early, you are foregoing or giving up some of the interest that you have earned. For example, if you put $100,000 into a one-year CD and it's earned $3,000, we'll call it of the $5,000 in interest, but the year is not passed, in most cases, you will give up that $3,000 that that it has earned and you will just get back your $100,000. So if we're going to put it in a CD, we need to make sure we leave it there for that period of time. Okay. We don't want you foregoing interest. Some of them have exceptions to that, by the way. I'm not going to get into that. A quick interruption. Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. For for the most part, it makes complete sense to take money out of an account paying you 0.2% and putting it into something paying 5%. That's uh, pretty easy to do. Another alternative might be money market accounts. So this might be a more liquid option. It might not pay as much as a CD, but after a quick search, the rates could be right now around 3 to 4% in a money market account, sometimes more, obviously sometimes less. But the trade-off here is that there's no time constraint. Versus a CD, you can put your money in and you can take it right back out whenever you want to. Okay. Uh, the downside is it's probably not going to pay as much as a CD, but either way, it's paying more than savings accounts in, in most cases. Another option here is a fixed annuity. So, I have a lot of folks, uh, maybe they're 55 years old, they have too much money in the bank. And this is basically like a glorified CD. And the benefit here is it's tax deferred growth and the rate can be locked in for longer if we want to. Okay. The downside is you usually have to leave the money in there longer again to get that higher rate. So the rates as of right now in New York are somewhere between four and 7%. Okay. Depending on how long you leave it in there. So again, I'm just giving alternatives to the 0.2% savings account, the CD, the money market, or the fixed annuity. All of them, for the most part, typically make more sense. And I'll get into why or why not, why it might not in a minute. But the last option that I'll mention here would be to just use conservative investments inside of an investment account. Okay, Typically, the money in savings or a bank account is there because you want it to be safe. So in most cases, we aren't taking money right from a bank and investing it very aggressively. Now, we, we have. Again, there's exceptions. And we can do that. But typically, we're going to want to invest it conservatively. And we're shooting for somewhere between that 5 and 7% and uh, managing it in a portfolio. So the cons to this is that it could actually lose value. Okay, You you could put in the 100000 It might go down to 95000 if there's a really bad year with interest rates or the stock market. The pros are that it has the potential to earn more while being fully liquid. Okay, And we typically link these accounts right to the bank account and the money can flow in or out as we need to do that. Okay. One thing that I, I have to mention here is I have not gotten into the taxes on all these types of accounts. So 
This can range anywhere from dividend and interest income to ordinary income tax to capital gains. I can do a separate episode on this, but I want you to be aware of the tax situation that you would be getting into with all these different accounts. If you go to do a CD, you should definitely ask those folks, what are the taxes on this? Or a money market or an annuity or the capital gains potential on a on a portfolio that's conservative. How am I going to be taxed on this? And that's part of the overall financial plan. You definitely want to know what am I paying in taxes should this thing go up? Okay. Let me go back to the original question. I have a sum of cash sitting in the bank, basically earning nothing. What can I do with it? When and where should I invest it? So the second part of this is when should I put money in? Okay. I I hope this helps. And we get this all the time. Dave, I have $50,000 sitting in the bank. I want to put it into an investment. The market seems high. Should I do it right now? Or the market seems crazy. Or the market seems low. (laughs) So it's all over the place, right? And I've had several people in meetings through email, through phone calls, whatever, tell me that they have cash that they want to invest. They just don't know when to do it. So my answer to them is typically this. What is the goal of this money? So I'm answering their question with a question, I guess. <laughs> what, what is the goal of this money? If it is to buy a house in the short term or a boat or a car, whatever it is in the short term, if it, maybe it's the next week, maybe it's to the next year, whatever, I would be a little more careful with it inside of an investment account. I wouldn't want any level. I would not want, to be clear, any level of meaningful risk. Okay. An example would be you invest $100,000 into an account. You need it six months from now, but now it's dropped to 85,000. That's not cool. (laughs) Then you have to take it to do the thing you wanted to do. That is not good. Now we've locked in the loss. Okay. We want to make sure to match the goal with the type of account. Okay. So I always start with the goal. If you took the route of the CD or the annuity, you would want to match your goal with that CD or annuity. Just meaning that if you need this money in six months, I would not look at a two-year CD, right? This does happen, folks. (laughs) Or an annuity that might be five years. I would be looking at a six-month option because that matches the goal, okay? On the other side, if you say, hey, I've been slowly adding to this account for a while and I'm not going to touch it for years, well, now we can look into longer-term investments, possibly longer-term CDs, longer-term fixed annuities, or something more aggressive in the investment portfolio. Okay, we know we're not going to touch it. We can ride out the ups and the downs. We can ride out the longer term of a CD or an annuity. After we know what the goal is for your money, here's what I would not do. Take a guess at the markets and where they are right now. Guess at where we think it is headed and wait and sit on your money. This happens all the time. I can give you several examples of friends of mine, clients, and others that have had cash on hand for let's just call it the last year, and they just want to wait for the best opportunity to invest. Guess what? Most of them still have that money in cash. If they put it in one year ago, they pretty much guaranteed would have made more money. So they've missed out on the recent market growth and the higher rates that they could have been earning. So don't drive yourself crazy trying to time the deposit of your cash. Establish the goal work toward that goal, and then ride those potential waves if it makes sense. There is no doubt, and we all know this, that you will have the, I should have done this, or I could have done this, or I wish I did did this thing. You will have those moments. 
but just like a financial plan and retirement plan, stick to it. Do not try to time the deposits perfectly. It's it's almost never going to happen. If you do, it's just out of pure luck. Okay. So folks, I hope this helps. Our action items for this episode would be this. Number one, get some urgency on your cash holdings. If you can't muster that urgency up, just know this. The bank paying you below average interest rates is just keeping your money. That should drive you crazy. That should be enough urgency, right? Uh, Number two, don't time the deposits into your investment accounts. Establish the goal, stick to the plan, get into the right product, okay? Reach out with any questions at info at sixpointfp.com. Find me on LinkedIn under David Pulsini or even shoot me a text, 585-406-4645, and we will get back to you. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.